Hey everybody, this is uh, Vince Gutierrez again, physical therapist, certified in MDT. What I'm going to cover today is the timing of rehab for knee pain and does it even matter? So the intro for this study, non-traumatic knee pain is going to be defined as a symptomatic knee pain and symptomatic osteoarthritis. But again, non-traumatic. There's limited data of early rehab and the resulting management of non-traumatic knee pain. Uh, when we say the resulting management, meaning what happens over the course of a year, over the course of two years. The goals of the study were to describe the healthcare utilization of non-traumatic knee pain for those over the age of 65 years old, determine the percentage that receives outpatient rehab in the management of this knee pain, uh, along with the associated timing of the rehab initiation, and examine the impact of rehab on utilization over a specified time period, and that time period is going to end up being uh, the 12 months following. So this is a retrospective study, and this study was a 10% random sampling of Medicare claims from, there's a spelling error there, I'll go back and correct that later, uh, Medicare claims from 2009 to 2010. It was taken over multiple settings, an acute care, skilled nursing facility, outpatient, home health, uh, office visits, meaning physician office visits, and drug events, meaning prescriptions. So to be included, you had to be at least 65 years of age, and one of the following diagnoses, you can read all of those, but a lot of them are the diagnoses that we would see associated with knee pain. They took 24 months of claims data, and there had to be at least one date of service with one of the ICD-9 uh, codes in an ambulatory visit during the six months of an identification period. This must have been preceded by six months without a knee ICD-9 uh, claim code. And the final number of patients that they came up with was 52,504. Okay, so that's a lot of, of patients. That's only 10%. So multiply that by 10, and you have your total number of non-traumatic knee pain patients in the US, and you're looking at over half a million, okay? When you start to scale these numbers, these numbers become scary. The methods. So they looked at healthcare utilization over nine categories. One category was rehab, the next was knee surgery, non-surgical invasive procedures such as injections or aspirations, medical, which are physician office visits, prescriptions, radiology, labs, other medical, other therapy. The dependent variables that they looked at were indicators of any use of narcotics, non-surgical invasive procedures, like we said, the aspirations and the injections, and knee surgery during the 12-month follow-up period. Again, when we look at the timing of rehab, the authors split it up into three different groups. Well, four different groups because the no rehab group became the control group um, towards the end here. So you have the no rehab group. You have the early rehab group, which was, was within 15 days of the initial event, initial data service. The intermediate rehab group which was 16 days to three months after the initial event, and the late rehab group, which was more than three months after the initial event. One thing to take note of, though, is 33% of the total number of patients 
only received rehab following surgery. Now, realistically, the therapy that will happen post-surgically is going to be different than the therapy that happens pre-surgically. Post-surgically, you may be limited by protocols, uh, whether they're time-based or goal-based, meaning activity-based protocols. You're still going to be limited based off of whatever the the protocol is for the and some may have no protocols and, and you have more freedom but you're still going to be limited based off of what the surgeon is going to allow post-surgery whereas pre-surgical you tend to have all of your options available to you so again they looked at demographics geographic location clinical comorbidities and the comorbidities uh, were considered to, to have if there was a diagnosis identified within the claim during the 24-month period that these claims were assessed. I didn't spend too much time going over demographics and geographic location during this study um, because it just didn't interest me much. So the results, again, there were 52,500 patients. Roughly 73% of them were female. Roughly 80% of them were white. Mean age was 76.6 years old. Again, you're dealing with the Medicare population. Five out of 18 comorbidities were present in at least one-third of the patients, and they were osteoarthritis, which will, will be expected when you consider this is an arthritic knee pain, uh, congestive heart failure, visual impairment, dynamic disc, di dynamic, <laughs> degenerative disc disease, and diabetes, uh, di diabetes. One of the things to take note of here, though, is that patients with knee pain a third of them tend to have congestive heart failure, at least in this sample study. And again, as physical therapists, at least at the initial eval, we should be taking blood pressure in all of these patients. We have to look at the patient's cardiovascular health. And the results, healthcare utilization, 84% of patients receive some sort of prescription during these visits. 75.8% of them had uh, physician visits, 67% radiology, you see non-invasive, you see knee surgery, rehab services, 16%. And when you look at it, it's not bad, right? It could be better. I mean, it's, you know, it's 16%. I mean, it's better than, you know, 1 in 10. But as we really start dissecting this number, we'll see that that number is not actually 16.5%. 8,672 received rehab services but roughly a third of them were strictly post-surgical. So the authors did not consider the, these patients as being exposed to rehab due to the nature of the post-surgical rehab is different than attempting to reduce symptoms and return to function. And again, we see that in the clinic. When you see a patient post-surgical, whether it's for a knee, an ankle, a, a, a fusion, you're dealing with different um, goals and rehab processes than when seeing something prior to these surgeries. And so this really leaves us with 5,852, and again, that's 11% of the total population. Scale those numbers out, right? So, you know, you 10 times that 5,852, and you're looking at 58,000 out of half a million. That's scary that these patients are not receiving rehab services when they go to the doctor complaining of knee pain. But again, we shouldn't be surprised. When we look at the Fritz and Cleland study, only 7% of patients were, were issued a referral for physical therapy after seeing the physician with complaints of back pain. So, you know, we have to assume that we're not seeing a great 
big piece of this pie for patients that have musculoskeletal complaints, even though as physical therapists, we tout ourselves as the musculoskeletal experts. And, and I think that instead of, yeah, this is where I'm going into opinion stuff, but in, instead of speaking in this closed loop where all the therapists are talking to each other, we really got to make sure that the therapists are talking to the patients or potential patients to ensure that they, the potential patients understand that we actually know what we're doing. So of that 11%, 52% received early rehab, 27% received intermediate rehab, and 21% received late rehab. So out of that 5,800 and so, roughly you know, 2,600 received early rehab. It's, to me, it's a shame. <laughs> it's just a shame. So the adjusted odds ratio. Early rehab was 0.67 times lower uh, when compared to those without rehab for utilizing narcotics over the course of time. So if the patient received rehab after two weeks or late rehab after three months, they, they actually tended to use more narcotics than those who didn't receive rehab at all. And so, you know, the authors in this study made an interesting point in the discussion that it may actually be that no rehab is better than intermediate and late rehab. And uh, they did their best to to try to dispel that and you know give some scenarios into which why that may be but in the end what we know is that early rehab was far superior than intermediate rehab and late rehab same thing you see on the non-surgical invasive procedures early rehab uh, 0.5 times lower so almost half of the time did these patients have non-surgical invasive procedures after receiving early rehab but during intermediate rehab and late rehab, they actually were more likely to have a non-invasive surgical procedure than having no rehab. Again, these numbers are just interesting. Knee surgery, again, early rehab, almost half as likely to have surgery compared to no rehab. Uh, there was no data given for the later intermediate rehab. So I, this is just a slide for me because I, I am just floored by the prevalence of what we're actually seeing. So can we talk about the low utilization of rehab services? Uh, what's the solution? You know, as a profession, uh, we cannot continue to do what we have done for the previous decades, which are direct to physicians for referrals, as this has obviously not helped our cause over the course of time. I can tell you what I've done is community lectures, Facebook videos, podcasting. Uh, they're not bringing in a lot of patients. Another spelling here. They're not bringing in a lot of patients, but two to three new patients to the clinic that hadn't heard of me through the physician. And so these patients make up about, you know, maybe five to ten percent of my practice are people that are coming to me just based off of what they're reading, hearing, or seeing in the community. How do we get more people in the clinic that wouldn't have chosen PT previously? We have direct-to-consumer marketing, whether that's free or paid via any of the social media platforms, newspapers, television, what have you. Utilizing the internet, such as the APTAs, find a PT, MDTs, find a PT, uh, contact your friends or family, and you're not asking them to attend therapy or physical therapy you're asking them do you know anyone that is in need of physical therapy because you may get leads just from that and then your current patients you can always use your current patients to say hey if you know somebody that needs my services assuming you did a good job if you know somebody who needs my services you know send them my way 
So what's the message? The first one is big. Starting rehab early is linked to reduced narcotic usage. This isn't true if it started later in the episode care or not started at all. The likelihood of receiving a non-surgical invasive procedure is cut in half if the rehab is started early. Again, this is not true if starting rehab later in the episode of care. So thanks for watching. I didn't... Um, I forgot to put the resource slide in there, so I'm going to read that off right now. This is Stevens, Fitzgerald, Schneider, Association of Early Outpatient Rehabilitation with Health Service Utilization and Managing Medicare Beneficiaries with Non-Traumatic Knee Pain, a retrospective cohort study. This was published in the Journal of Physical Therapy in June of 2017, volume 97. Starts on page 615. I'll add that in into the link below. Thanks for watching. This podcast is meant for educational purposes only. The views expressed during this podcast are that of the creator, Dr. Vince Gutierrez, and do not reflect the views of the authors that are cited during the podcast. Again, this is for educational and entertainment purposes only. If you have a physical limitation or a pain, please seek out a licensed professional. Thank you for listening.